Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of my new podcast called Uncovered, The Nakedness of Addiction and Recovery. I'm your host, Michael T., Certified Peer Recovery Specialist, Substance Abuse Counselor, and most importantly, a recovering addict myself. Here, we'll take a deep dive into how people survive, manage, or deal with their addiction, as well as their recovery. How do you get through this journey? It's what we'll explore today. So let's dig in. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Michael T., and you are listening to Uncovered. Uncovered, the nakedness of addiction and recovery. And today I have a special guest today. You do. I want to introduce y'all to her. Her name is LT. Yupper. Uh, she's better known as my wife. <laughs> so if this goes off the rails a little bit, you'll know why. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about today. Uh, this is our continuation of our first um, episode. And we want to share a little bit about who the host is. That's yeah. Me. So who so. so who are you, babe? I mean, can tell them a little bit about before you go into your story. How about um, you know you just tell them your credentials real quick? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm a recovering addict. That's my number one credential. Uh, I'm also a certified peer recovery specialist. Mm-hmm. I'm a substance abuse counselor, mm-hmm. and I've worked in this field for almost 15 years now. I've been clean and sober 17 years. Um, I started getting high way back in the 80s. Um, and I didn't get clean until around 2006. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I got a lot. I have, I've, there was a lot going on in my journey, you know. So are we going to unpack some of that journey today? So we'll, we'll unpack. We'll scratch the surface of it. We'll dig deeper in later episodes. But uh, one of the things I, I need to let you know about recovery for me is that, you know, uh, redemption is possible. Yeah. Here I've gone from an, an addict out on the street to a substance abuse counselor, helping other people, bringing them along. I work in a a 90-day treatment facility now. So I see what the disease can do to people. You've worked with both adults and children too, right? Adolescents. Yeah, Yeah, adolescents, uh, 13 to 17-year-olds, you know, who have uh, become addicted. And I I know you're thinking 13 years old. Well, yeah, it's actually gotten to the point where our children are getting addicted at a much younger age now than when, when I came up. When did you first start using, if you don't mind me asking? I think what I'm, I think I'm considered a late bloomer because I don't think I started actually using until my late 20s, until my early 20s. Um, it was after high school. Um, was that your first um, interaction with drugs or was your first interaction with that earlier? My first interaction, I always... I always tell people my gateway drug was alcohol. I know they say it's marijuana, but I think my gateway drug was alcohol because that was the first thing I was introduced to, you know. And when did that start? Um, about 
I think it started um, around high school, and then it really settled on in my early 20s. And then after the, the military, I'm a veteran too. I guess I left that part out. We both are. Yeah, we both are. Mm-hmm. In fact, we met in the army. We absolutely did. We met in the we met in the service, and um, I didn't know that you had a drinking problem back when we were in the service because everybody, just about everybody we knew, drank and drank heavily. Like on their days off, they drank and drank heavily. Well, there's an old saying that uh, the Army teaches you two things back in my day when I was in the Army, is that's how to shoot straight and drink. And so I learned both of those fairly well. Yeah, yeah. And so actually your, your addiction started a lot sooner than what you think it is. And it it started back when you were a teenager and just kind of escalated then. As is with most people, if you you sit down and talk with, like every day when I'm at work and I sit down across the desk and I talk with um, new people coming into treatment, uh, if they go back a little further, they'll find out that their addiction started a little earlier than they actually thought it did. so why did you get high? Can I ask you that? Like, like, what, like when you first started, because I, I think I told you about my experience. Um, for you guys, I had, you know, a little itty bitty experience with uh, smoking weed once when I was in high school. And oh my gosh, that was just, that was the worst. I, I think because I'm a control freak, maybe that's what it is, but it was the worst because I was with my sister. And here's the thing. I didn't know, and she doesn't mind me telling you this, I'm just saying that. So I didn't know how to smoke it, but they had taught me how to roll, you know, joints. And so I knew how to roll. So they would always say, hey, you know, LT, you go ahead and you you roll this. And I'm like, all right, I can roll it, blah, blah, blah. So one day I decided I was gonna take a hit. And it just did not do well for me. It did not do well for me. I was asking my sister, oh my, we were driving down the street and I was asking my sister, oh my God, am am I talking to you? And I was chewing something. I was like, I was eating something. I was like, am I chewing? And she said, we've got to get you home to bed. And I went to bed and woke up the next day and I felt so much better. But I always remember that feeling of paranoia and being out of control. And I knew right then and there, this was not for me. You're such a lightweight. I am a lightweight. I knew that that was not for me. So therefore, I never went back in anywhere close to that realm. So, but my question to you is, so what was it for you? What was it like for you? Why did you continue to get high? I think most of us, and I think the, the surface answer is... I liked it. I liked the feeling of being high. Um, now, we all, now knowing what I know now, that's a surface answer. And there's a much deeper issue that comes with um, addiction. And it starts out as fun, you know, until it's not. Right. And then you begin the hardest job of your life that you'll ever entertain is being an addict. Um, so we'll get into all that. But right now, I want to talk a little bit about the purpose of this podcast. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question yeah. for you. So why, I mean, you've been clean and sober for 17 years. And for 
What we didn't say was we we haven't been married all of this time. I met Michael um, back when we both were in the service. We were both young and nineteen blah, 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 and twenty two. And and yes, he had been drinking. And she I'm was nineteen. I was twenty two. She was still a teenager. I was a teenager. I was a teenager. And but I don't think that. I don't know if you were actively using drugs then. You may have been, no, no. but I don't know. I know that you were using alcohol heavily. And so heavily. we were we were married for some time. Um, we had been married for at least 11 years um, at that point. And, and during that, your drug addiction escalated a lot. We had children in the relationship. And um, there came a point to where we found that it was best that we separate. Um, I, I I had to I had to move on and I had to allow you to come to terms with your addiction and what you wanted to do about it. So Yes folks, we divorced. Well we separated for a long time first and then we ended up ultimately uh, divorcing. We, yeah, we divorced. So yes folks, uh, I married the same woman twice. You did. Yeah, so, you did. Um and that's a whole nother episode and we will get to that episode sometime down the road. But yes, we are happily married for the second time. We are. Five years coming up soon. Right? Mm-hmm. Five years coming up soon. On the redo. I got to redo. And we're both um, sober and loving it and, you know, just enjoying the second chance that not everybody gets. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, like I said, uh, in, in a coming up episode, we'll dig a little deeper into... Marriage, divorce, uh, enabling all, the all those effects of, yeah, all those things yeah. that come with um, uh, being in a relationship with someone who's addicted. Um, so, getting but, back, why did you want to do this podcast? What, what, why now? Why did you want to do something like this? Well, one of the reasons, the main reasons I wanted to do it is I wanted people to be able to uh, come on the show and share their experience and, and their strength and hope. Um, for those who have recovered, who are actively in recovery, so that they can help others who are struggling. I, I wanted to have a podcast where people could just talk, you know, like we are, like talk about addiction and recovery and how they got over it and how they got started. Um, and so I wanted to have a platform here in Delaware um, so that people can talk about addiction. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and having said that, I think that it's probably, you know, most important for us to be as transparent as we can if we expect for other people to be transparent, too. So, yeah, absolutely. If, absolutely. So I'm gonna, just going to ask you a couple of questions in reference to addiction and um, and you're just going to like answer it, right? I'm going to attempt to answer. You're going to attempt to answer it. So while he's uh, getting ready to attempt to answer my question is, we're going to take a nice little break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Uncovered. The nakedness of addiction and recovery. So before we left, um, we were going to get into a few things that... Um, uh, I wanted to talk about. That no, we, talk about, we right? were not. Well, before we <laughs> left, I was going to drill you with some questions about 
your own sobriety, addiction, how'd you get there, blah, right, blah, right, blah. Right. We talked about transparency yeah. and we said, you know, in order for other people to be transparent, we need to yeah. be transparent. And by we, I mean you. So that's why. And then you said, well, I guess I'll get ready for it or something First like of that. all, I don't talk like that. And second of all, um, speaking yeah. of transparency, I think I'll, I think I want to share with you guys, um, my, the last time I used, last well, time I got home. Well, before we do that, all right, so I'm answering <clears throat> the questions, babe. Okay, go ahead. I'm answering the okay. questions. All so, right. all right. So, Michael T., okay. tell us about the last time you used. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is what I wanted to share because... To be transparent on this podcast, I gotta let you know where I where I came from. So uh, I'm gonna share with you without this becoming a war story. And um, for those of you out there who don't know what a war story is, a war story is when uh, recovering addicts glorify the the past like it was so great and it really wasn't great at all. You know? And this and, is when his wife interrupts <clears throat> him and says. <clears throat> I'm going to need you to share the story. So, my last use, okay. <laughs> so, my last use, really, I was literally, it was a payday weekend. I was literally sitting in the middle of a, of a crack house, a trap house, right? No, we weren't married, right? No, no, we were divorced. Okay. And I was solo. And I was in the middle of this trap house. Trap house is a, a, another place where they sell drugs. They do bad things there. Um, and they they do drugs. So I'm sitting in this this trap house. Okay. And it literally has matching holes. It has a hole in the ceiling and a hole in the floor. And I'm, we're sitting there. A hole meaning you can see like out of the roof? You can literally see out of the roof. The and sky? And you can literally see the ground. Wow. Yeah, the place was falling down. The place was a shithole. So we're sitting in there and we're getting high and all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, you know it's payday and I got two different types of drugs. Now I'm from a small town so it was probably the same dope from the same little dope drug dealers. But I'm thinking I got two types of dope. So I'm sitting there and get high and I can't get high. Wow. I can't get high. And I have all types of dope. I have two different kinds or so I thought. And I can't get high. And that's when I knew. It was over for me. That's when I knew it was over. So I, you didn't think for one second, mm, I can't get high. <clears throat> I need more. No. I was like, man, this shit is over for me. Wow. So then I, 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 I talked to some, some people. How'd you get and, out of that house? Because you're sitting in a house with a bunch of other people who I assume are smoking it didn't have, crack or doing It didn't have a complete and... roof or floor, so it wasn't like it was a secure place. So, so I just, just walked jumped, out. You yeah. just jumped out the hole in the ground? <laughs> Literally, you like, just walked you... <laughs> out. So I just left. And, you know, long story short, I caught a ride to a, a recovery house in Fayetteville, North Carolina, man. And I, I, I went to a buddy of mine who ran a recovery house. His name was Big Larry. Rest in peace. Yeah. And uh, he was my he became my sponsor at the time. And he said, hey, have you had enough? Are you done? I said, yes. Now, did you <clears> you <throat> knew about Big Larry prior to? Prior you to knew him. So that's how you knew to catch the... Yeah. And, and, and for those who don't know that are out there that right now are sitting in that crack house that, you know, with the 
floor missing and the ceiling missing and right. and they're thinking they're like you but they don't know who to call right. what right. what would you tell them so when you're in that situation and you know you've had enough there are a lot of places out there you could call. There are people, there are meetings you can go to, and and and, and there are people who are there where do they who find are not them? getting high. But where did they find them? Like where did they find, like you knew Big Larry, but how would they find them? So there there are pamphlets out there with all type of information on how to go to a meeting, where meeting locations are, things like that. Is and, there you know, a certain spot that normally has meetings? Like are there certain churches in the area that have meetings? Churches or? are a good resource to go to because churches usually, even if they can't help you, they can point you in the direction of a treatment facility or a detox. Um, once you get to those places, they can kind of filter you out. Can you just walk into houses. a hospital or something like yeah, that? you can walk into a hospital and say, hey, listen, I'm going through some stuff, and blah, 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 and they'll do an assessment on you, and then next thing you know, you're in a detox for seven days. Detox off the treatment, and that's how you get the ball rolling. Okay. Um, that's, that's one of the ways. And I need to be I need to be clear about something. This podcast is not a promotion of AA or NA or any other type of, of, of program. Established like program. That. That's not correct. Not that I have any problems with them. I think they're great tools. In fact, I use them. And you'll hear me talk about the 12-step um, model. But they don't sponsor um, or uncover yeah, or anything. They don't sponsor or uncover yeah. and we're not promoting them. We're promoting recovery okay all right get it the way you can get it you know what works for you may not work for the other guy and what worked for the other guy may not work for you so i got another question for you so so that's the last time that you used and so let me talk about the things that you lost along the way because i mean we were married you know and yeah. we stayed married for a while and you know that we separated and then ultimately divorced and you were still in your addiction, and you called yourself a serial rehabber, right? Yeah, I was a serial, a chronic relapser. Uh, I relapse, go into treatment, come back out, and relapse again, go back into treatment, come back out. So I was a chronic relapser, and relapse is a part of my story. Now, I know that uh, some of my friends, some of my buddies, relapse is not a part of their story. They got it the first go-round. Unfortunately, that's not my story. Relapse can be a catalyst for launching you off into full-blown recovery. So, after, so did you lose something after every relapse, or how did that work? Oh yeah. So, uh, in in recovery and in addiction, you take some L's. I took a lot of L's, man. You had an LT, and you not lost. That. Yeah. And you lost okay. that L. Okay. You okay. lost it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So one of my L's was I lost my family, my relationship with my wife, divorce, all those things. Let's not even talk about the cars and the, the wasted money and all that stuff because that's material. The stuff. house. You know, the house. But I lost a lot of relationships, relationships with my, with my kids, relationships with my wife. And those things are the most painful things to get over, you know. Um, because material stuff, you know, you can get that back. You can get that shit back quickly. You know, at least I, I could, and I did anyway. Material things weren't an issue for me, cars and stuff like that. But it was the relationships that that, that hurt. Me yeah, that's just an yeah. issue for the people who are left behind. Because, yeah. and I know that's yeah. another episode <laughs> yeah, that's where we'll talk about, about we'll about, talk about we'll talk about the, the uh, folks. Uh, 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 
the folks who love the folks who are addicts yeah. and, and we're gonna do an episode where we just talk with, with with wives and moms who have dealt with husbands and, and children in addiction and talk about the damage that the addict leaves behind or vice versa because yeah. you act like there's no you know there's women addicts that are out there yeah. and their husbands and things like that but Absolutely. you know so so relationships so. seems to be the biggest thing that you lost yeah. um well, and with that. no, no, um, not just relationships, but also, you know, connection with myself or who Mike is, you know, mm-hmm. I, I lost that because if you stay in a crack house long enough, you become part of that environment or so you think you do. You become everything that goes along with that, with that insanity. And so I lost me in, in that, and that, that, that's a big deal. Um, so that's, that. It's a little bit about my last use. Um, and what you lost at the day. So but, let me so ask let's you talk this about question. the use. Well, yeah, <clears throat> I, I was getting ready to get to that, sir. No I was going to ask you. I was um, excited about I know. The I just wanted to. Okay. It's called a segue. Okay. It's called a segue. Thank you. Thank anyway, you. so let's talk about the things that you gained. Now, we're not so, talking about the things that you gained right. in your addiction because right. did you gain we're anything in your addiction? About, I mean, you may have, but... You, you learn stuff in your addiction. You learn, uh, you you know, learn stuff but like I don't, what? Those aren't the W's I'm talking about. The W's I'm talking about are the W's that come with recovery. The wins that come with recovery with staying around and doing the things the the, the hard, the legwork of staying in recovery. Gotcha. To go into meetings and uh, 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 doing uh, 12-step work and getting a sponsor and someone who can kind of uh, mold you and, 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 and be a role model for Okay, you a sponsor? Department. You got to please elucidate. Uh, sponsor. I, a sponsor in the 12-step model is basically the therapeutic value of one addict helping another. It's a person who has more clean time than you, who have lived this shit and knows what to do and has survived it and can kind of guide you through it, not tell you what to do, but suggest to you. For example, a sponsor would suggest to you, hey, I wouldn't go in that bar. You just stopped drinking 30 days ago. I wouldn't go hang out in the bar. Now, I don't have to listen to him, but he suggests that to me because that typically doesn't work for hey tell me i i never got the the pleasure of meeting big larry he passed away before we got back together and solidified our relationship so tell me um something that was really impactful that big larry either you saw him do or he did to you or with you or whatever every time i would see big larry no matter if i was or if I called him and I was going through some stuff, he would always say to me, hey, Mike, you know what? Shit really ain't that bad. And he would start to name all the things that he had that he was grateful for. He always expressed gratitude for his recovery to me. And that's one of the the biggest things I, I took from being around him. He was always grateful. And he used to tell me, a grateful addict won't use. And I used to say, what the hell is he talking about? But if you can find something grateful about your recovery, about your life, chances are you won't go back to you. Hey, y'all. Mike T here. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Uncovered. 
We appreciate you hanging out while we explore the nakedness of addiction and recovery. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, then we ask that you like and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify. Join us next week where we'll talk more about all things addiction and recovery related. And remember, stay sober as if your life depends upon it, because it does.